Welcome to the Weekly Spot. You are tuned into episode 74. Today we're going to talk about some NFL news, including some uh, coaching changes and some new hires, as well as what jobs are still vacant and uh, what candidates are still out there. Uh, and then we'll dive into games of the week. You know, we had a fun divisional round and we're on to the conference championships where anything can happen. Uh, but I got my co-host K- uh, Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan here with me today. How are you both doing? Doing well. The Packers are, are in the, the championship round, so you know can't complain too much. I'm winning the playoff pickums, so you know things okay, are going well. well. Now that fantasy down. is over, now that fantasy is over, I'm I'm happy. You're winning the playoff pickums because you picked one matchup over me and Durgan. <laughs> you're not like winning. You're just like hey, a winner's a win. I would get the trophy right now, and you guys wouldn't. So that's that's how it is. You know, you can cry about it, but actually, technically you're tied. Technically, you're tied with Durgan. Didn't you no. say he has a one game advantage yeah, when, I, we, I get, when no, we last talked no, about this? No. We decided that oh, if yeah, there was if a tiebreaker, right. he would win it. And I'm it. A game Is that ahead. where we landed? Okay, yeah, that's where I'll, we landed. Don't All try right. to revise history hey, here. I know I'm where just... my where I stand in this thing. <laughs> good, good. That's fine because I have no idea. So I'm just making sure that we're all on the same page. But that's good. That's good. Durgan, what about you, man? How you doing? Well, I'm not doing as good as Casey, obviously, but I'm a new uh, Bills Mafia fan, and I'm two wins away from jumping through a table. So I'm excited. Very excited about that. And for those, if you're just tuning in, you didn't listen to last episode, Durgan essentially said, I think, would you say the Bills, if they win the Super Bowl? Yep, yep no Super Bowl, I'm going to jump through a table. So if the, if the Bills win the Super Bowl, we'll have a video of Durgan jumping through a table somewhere. Um, stay tuned for that. I might be a Bills <laughs> fan now, too, just for that oh, video to, to be a go, thing. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Yeah. Bills Mafia. Nice. Well, we're going to talk about the conference uh, championship games here in a sec, but let's dive into We had some coaching changes, quite a bit, actually, in the past mm-hmm. week or so. Um, that we can we can dive into. Do you guys want to you guys want to run through this? Which one of you wants to take the uh, baton here for this? I'll let I'll, Durgan start with yeah. Urban Meyer and, and the Jaguars since he's That's, more of the college focused guy. Let's do it. Yeah. So it's not a surprise that Urban Meyer went to the Jaguars because ever since they fired Doug Marona, that's been the name attached. But Urban Meyer is a interesting character to say the least. He's one of the best college coaches of all time. No doubt about it. Uh, but he's never coached in the NFL in any capacity. <clears throat> but Casey definitely did a great piece on it, breaking down his offense. His offense is what a lot of NFL teams are doing now, which is a spread mm-hmm. uh, focus. And it sounds crazy that almost everyone in NFL and college has some sort of spread offense. But he was one of the first ones to really get it going in the college level and has really developed more so in the NFL, NFL as well. But uh, he... I don't know how to say this nicely. He's a, he's, he's, a, he's a borderline sociopath, which, I mean, a lot of good coaches are. I mean, look at Jim Harbaugh, who's, I mean, not a good example, I guess. Bill Belichick, Nick Saban, they're not the guys who are, you know, most friendly, it seems like. And Urban Meyer, whenever he loses, he seems to have some sort of health issue pop up. And everywhere he goes, he has some sort of recruiting violations. Luckily, he doesn't recruit anymore. He's got signed guys officially. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite tweets I saw is that Urban Meyer has the smallest salary cap he's working with in years. He had bigger salary caps of Florida and uh, Ohio State because they're, you know, sketchy uh, programs. <laughs> uh, but in the overall premises, they have a winner. And for the young team, you want to establish that winning culture. I don't know if Urban Meyer is going to be the guy, but I think he's going to take them to a level where they're consistently in the playoffs year in and year out. 
Yeah, I mean, his, his offense is definitely exciting at the at the college level. He did do a lot of designed quarterback runs, so it was almost this sort of like spread power, and that used the, the quarterback a lot on designed quarterback runs. So, um, you know, we know that Trevor Lawrence can run, but we have also seen, uh, you know, NFL teams be more hesitant to run their quarterbacks because they don't want them to wear down. And, you know, we have Lamar Jackson now, and he's, you know, up until this playoff game where he <laughs> went and got a concussion, he's been pretty yeah. healthy the whole way through and has been smart about taking hits and stuff like that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how Urban sort of adapts his offense and, and tweaks things to, to keep Trevor Lawrence safe. But, I mean, Trevor Lawrence ran a lot of spread stuff at Clemson, so he should fit sort of right into that. They have some solid weapons that should be able to to fit in outside with DJ Chark and D.D. Uh, Westbrook and, and uh, their their undrafted rookie running back, Robinson. Robinson yep. Yeah, so, I mean, there, there's a couple pieces there, and, you know, they have some stuff to work with. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how Urban handles maybe losing as many games in his first year in the NFL as he has his entire career. <laughs> Seriously. But, yeah. uh, you know, I think he was sort of seeing Nick Saban take over college football and be like, dude, you know, when people talk about the best coaches in college football, number one is Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. And then it's maybe Dabo Sweeney and Urban Meyer. And what better way to cement yourself possibly in football lore than to go to the NFL and do what Nick Saban couldn't do and win a Super Bowl or have success in the NFL over a prolonged period. So, uh, you know, I think he is a lock for the College Football Hall of Fame. If he can make something happen in the NFL, he, he may be one of the, the only people to, to be able to get into both. And uh, that would be his little check mark over Nick Saban. And it's entirely possible, but I think we should temper expectations. Like you said, Casey, I still anticipate this kind of being a rough initial few years that being said i really like the idea of pairing a new head coach with a with a first year rookie quarterback especially if you're going to go all in on on somebody like trevor lawrence i i like the idea of bringing in somebody uh like urban meyer i think that's a that's going to be a good fit and partnership so lots of things to be excited here if you're a jags fan uh for the future what else we got what's the uh what's the news around town on the coaching changes who else is is going where gotta talk about my guy robert sala to the jets uh, I am yeah. a little surprised that he went with the Jets. I thought he would be a shooter for the Lions, being a, a Michigan native. But the Jets, uh, and they also got the offensive coordinator, the former, essentially uh, offensive coordinator for the Niners, but they don't call plays because Shanahan calls the plays. But he was in charge of all the past game uh, preparation, M- Matt LaFleur. So he's a LaFleur brother. They're taking over the NFL world one uh, brother at a time. Yeah, Mike uh, and Matt, I, man. Mike, Mike and I'm Matt. Gonna, I'm going <laughs> to screw those names up back and forth so many times. Uh, but it, it's good to hire. I mean, he's a very energetic guy. The Jets needed somebody to want them as much as they wanted somebody. And Robert Sala, he interviewed with the Eagles. He interviewed with the, almost every team besides the Texans. And ultimately, he chose the Jets. So I think that's a huge positive for the Jets that somebody wants them. And they're in a good spot. They have two first-round picks. Uh, they need a lot of help. I mean, they're going to be probably picking the top five once again next year because they have the worst roster in the league. But if you're going to give a guy time who he took him a few years to learn how to become a defense coordinator, if you give him a few years to learn how to become a head coach, mm-hmm. I think eventually he will get them to a respectable level. Yeah, and I think there's also some reason for optimism with Shanahan reportedly liking Sam Darnold coming out of the yep. draft and what he can do. And if 
you know, Mike LaFleur also feels that way and has some ideas about how to use him, you know, the offense might take a, a step forward as well. There's some there's some pieces on, on defense. They have a solid defensive line. Quinn and Williams started playing pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, are they close? I wouldn't say they're close, but they're not totally in the in the distant uh, bottom of the league as some people might think. And I think Robert Sala will, you know, bring the the philosophy and the culture, and I think that's sort of where he he stands and fits in and and retooling the mess that Adam Gase made before him, and uh, you know, being that CEO and and mm-hmm. setting that kind of culture and leading through through example and through energy, um, and, and getting that team back on track. Yeah, and, and listen, I've heard a lot of people say, why would you want to go to the Jets? Like, of all the options, you know, you've interviewed with other teams, why the Jets? And really, I think there's a few reasons. And, and when I think about this, first off, the bar was set extremely low. I mean, we saw what Adam Gase did, which was essentially almost nothing. Uh, you know, he's out here, like, lying in post-game pressers and doing <laughs> ter- just terrible, a terrible job. Um, so the bar is low. Like, he, he can easily clear that. He probably already has in the eyes of the ownership and leadership on, for the Jets organization. Uh, but beyond that, I mean, the Jets right now, they're sort of like a blank canvas. And Robert Sala can come in and kind of paint the picture of what he wants for this team. Whereas a lot of other organizations, I think you go into those and there's certain expectations already in place. Um, you know, I'll take the Eagles, for example. They're probably expecting an NFC East win right in the more immediate than in it's just the way it is yeah, the division yeah. is, is how it's how the division is and you know you're, you're constantly competing and and even if all the other teams aren't phenomenal the, that's what the expectations i think from ownership are um whereas on the jets you know they've already proven they're willing to give a coach some time what i don't know why adam gase earned i don't know what he did what kind of leverage blackmail <laughs> he had on on the team's owner but he you know had a lot of time with this team and he obviously didn't prove that he was worth it but sala probably looks at that and kind of understands that like i can build and take my time creating this team to what i think and know i can do and what it can be so um you know i think he views it more as an opportunity than um than a lot of people outside see the jets organization currently absolutely true what else we got next one i want to casey describe this one more in depth because this is his guy who Arthur Brandon, Smith is it? Oh, Brandon well, Staley. I do, actually, both. But next year, <laughs> got, got a lot of guys. guys. Yeah, I Brandon Staley uh, to the Chargers, former Rams uh, defense coordinator. I was surprised because everyone was expecting Brian Dable, who is the Bills offense coordinator, to get the job. But then Brandon Staley, they lost on Sunday or Saturday. He was hired by Sunday, and uh-huh. so good for him. He, he went in there, interviewed well, obviously enough to have him hired the same day that he was interviewed, and. I'm more so surprised in the fact that usually coaches wait at least one cycle to become a head coach. They interview one year, mm-hmm. don't get it, and then the next season, the season after that, they become a legitimate candidate. Brandon Staley came out of really nowhere this year, become a, the force of that uh, best defense in the league. And I find it interesting that he played quarterback in college, uh, James Madison. So he does have some sort of offensive background, but he must have come through with a impressive uh, I guess coaching staff that he's probably going to be building in order to, to, to sell mm-hmm. the fact that they're, they can develop Justin Herbert while also having a top defense. And the Chargers, they have a lot of good players. So this team, granted, they're in the same division as Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, but they're not that far away from being contenders. Yeah, I mean, just a couple of years ago, they were in the playoffs. And, you know, like you said, they have a ton of talent. And I think Brandon Staley is definitely going to help that defense. He's very, very good at 
finding ways to create mismatches and one-on-one -on -one opportunities for his defensive line and his front. Um, is one of the best things he did with Aaron Donald is he, he demanded the rest of the offensive line block uh, free runners and blitzers and um, different kind of fronts he threw at them so that Aaron Donald would end up one-on-one -on -one with a guard or a center or a tackle. Uh, and putting your players in a position to succeed, putting your best players in a position to succeed should be very exciting for Bosa and Ingram and a couple of those other guys. I don't know that they have the defensive tackles to, to play the same front that uh, the Rams did, but um, I definitely think that that defense is talented and going to improve. You have Casey Hayward outside. You have Chris Harris outside. You have Derwin James coming back. Yep. Like that defense can take a big jump very, very quickly. And now you don't need uh, Justin Herbert to manage the clock for Anthony Lynn uh, and, you know, throw a spike or, or oh, gosh. QB sneak <laughs> at the end of the half when you have no timeouts or whatever. Uh, so, you know, I think that'll ease the pressure on Justin Herbert, which in itself helps. And then it'll be interesting to see who he, he chooses as his offensive coordinator to sort of help run that side of the ball because uh, there, there's still clearly some talent there. Austin Eckler is still pretty young, and then you have Justin Herbert, and Keen Allen's getting up there a little bit. But Hunter Henry's played played pretty well this year, didn't get hurt. Uh, and the first time ever. Yeah, miracles do happen, <laughs> you know. So I, I think is a good hire. I don't know how he'll be as a as a head coach and leader. You know, like you said, he doesn't have a ton of experience. He was with uh, Vic Fangio in, in in Chicago and in Denver before he went to the Rams, and then he was a D three coordinator in college before that. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's a little light on the experience, but if you can coach, you can coach. And he must, uh, you know, said the right words and done the right things in the interview to to convince them that he was the guy. Well, again, we're, we're overcoming a low bar here with Anthony Lynn, so I think uh, Brandon Staley's going to do a great job. I like the hire as well. The only thing comes back to something that I remember you mentioning, Casey, actually quite a few times when we talked about coaching changes and, in general, defensive head coaches is, you know, who's he going to bring in as his offensive coordinator, and how long is that guy going to be there if he has success? Because you'll see mm -hmm. this continuously throughout the league. Anytime an offensive coordinator has a lot of success with a team, and if Justin Herbert continues to progress the way that he is and, and this Chargers offense looks good, you know you may not have that offensive coordinator for long. He may, he may be the next head coaching candidate that you see uh, hot on the market and teams wanting him. So, uh, you know, I, I generally don't like defensive head coach hires as much as offensive head coach hires, but I think Brendan Staley's proved himself and even in a short short experience, I think it's a good uh, move. And the Chargers could have a top five defense sooner rather than later. So keep an eye out for that. Casey, why don't you continue on with your other boy here? We got Arthur Smith to the Falcons. I know you like this guy. Yeah, he took the the Titans from irrelevancy in seven to nine, nine and seven years and found Ryan Tannehill, rebooted his career and uh, got Derrick Henry going. I mean, uh, until a couple of years ago, Derrick Henry was almost viewed as kind of a bust. Like yeah. he was, mm -hmm. he was not playing very well. Uh, and then he, he sort of exploded onto the scene uh, in tandem with Arthur Smith showing up with the Titans. Um, so he, he runs a lot of zone scheme type stuff, uh, some ties to like that Shanahan McVay type scheme. And if you're a Falcons fan, that should also excite you because not very long ago, you were dicing people up with play action and outside zone with 
Kyle Shanahan as your offensive coordinator, you made it to the to the Super Bowl, and a lot of those skill guys are still there. You have Gurley, who's a free agent but may come back, who did an awesome job in McVay's zone scheme. So if you can bring him back, or maybe you you draft Najee Harris or something in the, in the draft and get a nice running back, uh, you need some help on the offensive line too. But um, I think that offense finally they have an offensive-minded head coach. And Matt Ryan hasn't had that in, like, the last 15 years or something. He had Mike yep. Smith and Dan Quinn for, like, yep. uh, I forget, since, like, Probably 2008 career, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah. which feels career, like forever. Which yeah. feels yeah. like an eternity. So they've they've been putting the onus on, hey, Matt Ryan, run this offense, be the guy that you're supposed to be, and, you know, we'll plug in offensive coordinators. But now they have an offensive-minded head coach to sort of tap into that offensive potential, which they've had, it seems like, for forever. Um and and get things going get them more balanced they didn't run the ball very well this last year uh, part of that was the offensive line but i think brian day will sort of settle things in make things easier for that offense while the the defense rebuilds and gets better it, it's i agree with you good hire uh, arthur smith seems like a very bright guy i watched his uh, interview today his press conference with the falcons and he seems very optimistic about this team uh, for the present not only the future I think what this signals is I think the Falcons will look to draft quarterback this year, whether it's a first round, mm-hmm. a fourth overall, or early in the second round. Because Matt Ryan's 36 years old. He he is, and he's all not a mobile guy either, so he's kind of a sitting duck back there. But he's good enough to win you games. So if you draft a guy, let him sit for a year or two, you have the weapons around you with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, uh, Hayden Hurst had a good year. Yeah. A, pretty good offensive line you can put points on the board right now while developing a guy behind him their defense kind of a mess uh, so we'll see what he does on the defensive side of the ball who he hires as defense coordinator uh, what pieces they bring in i think that's the overall problem right now but i mentioned this uh, during the season in regards to the panthers that in a year from now two years from now this division is going to be flipped the yeah. saints won't be as good most likely the bucks won't have brady they're in a super bowl win now window that probably extends one or two more years, if that. So if you're looking three or four years down the road, that's when you have to prep for, I think, if you're Arthur Smith. Be competitive now, but look for the future and look for ways that you can get on top of the division. And I think he's the guy to lead him uh, to the top. I think outside of, um, I should know, you know what? This is my favorite hire of all the coaches. This is my favorite hire. Yeah, I think I might agree with that, actually. Um, and I think the Falcons might be the quickest turnaround maybe maybe the chargers actually i i'm torn but uh yeah i I definitely like this hire as well um and then after these teams that we just mentioned i think there's three more teams that are either close or still have vacant positions at the head coach um spot so what do we got here we got we got the eagles of course fun love talking about this (laughs) great situation you know firing your head coach without a real backup plan in place uh, we got the Texans, who are kind of in a precarious position with Deshaun Watson, trying to figure that that out. And then we got the Lions, who I've seen some rumblings about um, Dan Campbell, which would be interesting. But what do we yeah. think about these vacancies? The Lions one's interesting because as soon as the, the Saints lost, Shepard tweeted out, oh, yeah, Dan Campbell to the Lions. And they still haven't announced it yet. So it's probably going to happen. It's just kind of weird that they haven't made it official yet. Um, no offense to Dan Campbell. Or his family, the Lions will be looking to hire a new head coach uh, three years from now. Uh, it's not going to work out, in my opinion. Seems like a good guy, but that job is not great. Uh, Eagles looks like maybe Josh McDaniels, leader in the clubhouse. Uh, I got a good Josh McDaniels story. I told you guys last night. 
Uh, so I worked at this one place for a year, and one of the ladies who worked there, her husband is NFL coach. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to throw it on the bus, but he worked as a staff intern for the Patriots when he was younger. And her brother also happens to be, or used to be, I should say, a uh, very high-rated front office person with the Colts. And back in 2017 when I worked there, this is before Kyle Shannon got hired. This is after Chip Kelly disaster happened. She's you no know, very nice lady comes to me and goes, oh, like, who do you want to hire to hire? And I'm like, oh, I want them to hire Josh McDaniels because I thought that was going to happen at the time. She looks at me as if I killed somebody and goes, you do not want to hire that piece of shit, Josh McDaniels. And I'm like, why? He seems like a good coach. <laughs> you know, the Patriots offense is humming. She's like, yeah. he is the most miserable person. And if you think Bill Belichick's an asshole, this guy makes Bill Belichick look like a saint. And I was like, oof, that's not good. So ever since then, I've been hated Josh McDaniels. I trust her. Uh, so that's my one uh, NFL insider story I have for you kids at home. And then well, you got, now you I feel to... infinitely worse about all these rumors <laughs> that are saying that Josh McDaniels is a potential candidate. Hey, so it, thank you, it just, it, It's just one person. She could be wrong. Her and her husband, our husband and that guy, Josh McDaniels, cannot have gone along. I don't know. That's just my two cents. And the final job is the Texans. Uh, they hired Eric, or they hired. They interviewed Eric Bieniemy yesterday, and it apparently went well. But it's the Texans, so who knows what will happen. Yeah, I, I think Dan Campbell is a weird hire for the, the Lions. Uh, I think he's the tight ends coach right now for the Saints, yep. and yep. he was an interim head coach in Miami Maybe. for mm-hmm. a minute. And I remember his one staple was that like he brought Oklahoma drills back in the middle <laughs> yeah. of the season. During the season, like, yeah. We need to be tougher, man. Let's do Oklahoma drills, which NFL players probably haven't done since like freshman year of college, college or even yeah. high school. High school, that's a, yeah pretty outdated uh and dangerous drill to do especially at that level because the risk of injury goes way up because it's live contact and generally nfl teams don't do that so um you know take from that what you will uh he may try to instill some toughness with the lions which matt patricia also uh seemed like he was trying to do with like those outdoor practices and and being hard-nosed and getting things done so it seems uh almost in the same vein as a patricia hire so I, you know, it it seems a little bit uninspired if that is their yeah. their choice. Could be wrong. I don't know a whole lot about them, but uh, you know, it's an it's an odd name to pop up for sure. As far as yeah. the Eagles go, you know, it's I, there's not a whole lot to say. Oh, I mean, I, I'm sure we're gonna touch on it when they eventually do hire somebody, and we can go more in depth then, but. Uh, both the Texans and the Eagles have pretty unattractive situations as far as yeah. the cap and the pieces that are there right now. I think the Eagles have a little bit more. Um, you know, I think the big thing that scares coaches away is the ownership and front offices of both these teams and how much they meddle. It almost reminds me of Jerry Jones a couple of years yeah. ago when Jerry Jones has his fingers in everything. Uh, and that's a dangerous thing for a coach. And you want your, t- if you're going to get a shot, you want it to be a hundred percent your shot where you have control. And if you lose, you, you suck, it's on you, but you don't want to like be sandbagged by the owner and, uh, win a super bowl and three years later you're fired, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, it's not, I, I, I'm very torn on all this. And also it's very weird to me that Josh McDaniels is being considered when he's the reason that Frank Reich essentially is gone because he, he was going to take that Colts job and then turn it down at the very last minute, even though they had everything agreed and stayed with the Patriots. And then 
they landed on Frank Reich, and it's actually worked out pretty well for them. Um, and now you see that we're potentially even interviewing Frank Reich's offensive uh, coordinator, Nick Sirianni, yeah. right mm-hmm. now, which is kind of is also weird. Everything's just weird. It's all weird. <laughs> I hate it all. Um, we're interviewing Kellen Moore too, uh, I saw the, that. the offensive coordinator for uh, the Cowboys, which would be weird. Also, just everything. It's it's just weird. Everything is weird. That's all I gotta say. That's, those are my thoughts. I didn't expect to be in this situation as an Eagles fan in the off season, but um, you know, here we are. So I'm hoping they blow our mind and, and pull something off that's like, wow, this is amazing. But I'm very pessimistic that that will be the case, unless they somehow find a way to overpay Lincoln Riley to pull him out of uh, Oklahoma. But we'll see what happens. I think that's that's going to kind of wrap things up on the coaching front. Let's talk about another piece of news. Drew Brees has all but retired. I don't think it's official, but he probably will retire this season. Um, what do we think about him, his legacy, where he's placed on the all-time QB list? Um, any any general thoughts about what has been really a historic career for Drew Brees? Yeah, uh, Jay Glazer before the uh, Saints game was like, yeah, this is his last game in Superdome, no matter what. Uh, so he's assuming he's going to retire. And after the game, he kind of had a moment with his family and with Tom Brady. Uh, that's kind of sad, actually. I'm, I'm not a Saints fan by any means. But Drew Brees, uh, incredible guy, in my opinion. What he did for that city state after Hurricane Katrina, like he was that, – that Saints team really brought that area out of kind of a depression and some sadness. And they brought some joy, and they won a Super Bowl there. Uh, he, I mean, he's the greatest Saints player of all time. Not that they have a rich history of players, but I think he is by far their best player. One of the best quarterbacks of all time. It's kind of a shame that he played during the same time as Brady and Manning. So he'll never be seen as the greatest when he was in the game. But I think he's a top five, top ten quarterback all time. And uh, the, the game is better because Drew Brees played it. So I thank him as an NFL fan. Yeah, for sure. He's been a staple in this league for a long time. And just think about the adversity he came over with his shoulder injury with the yeah. Chargers and then, um, you know, how, how the dominoes fell from there. I mean, Nick Saban was in Miami and they, you know, they tried him out and the doctor was like, no, his shoulder ain't yeah. it. ain't it." And so Miami didn't sign him and he ended up with the Saints. And like you said, he made a huge impact on that team and that city um, after Hurricane Katrina. And uh, statistically, fantastic quarterback always made some clutch plays one of the most accurate guys uh that we've seen play and um you know i I think i read a stat that he has like five maybe three or three or five i want to say one of those words or one of those numbers uh (laughs) five thousand yard seasons yes and there's been eight total um so there's there's been so i'll just i'll just jump in there's been 12 uh five thousand yard seasons and he accounts for five of those 12 um, I was looking this there up for the game just to see, and he—it's unreal. Like if if you have any question in your mind whether this guy is is at bare minimum a top ten all time NFL quarterback, you should put that to rest. He is he is top five in my opinion. I mean, you got Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Joe Montana, and then probably Drew Brees. To me, I think he's right there, pro- right above Aaron Rodgers. Maybe I, I don't know, but he's he's one of the best to ever play. And you mentioned it, Casey. I don't think we've ever had a, a more accurate quarterback like Tom Brady is also very accurate Peyton Manning has a stronger arm probably but it's insane like all these other guys you're looking at have thrown for 5,000 yard seasons one time throughout their careers and we think of them as like the best of the best um so 
the fact that Drew Brees did it five times as many as as Tom Brady, as Peyton Manning. You know, it's insane. And and I think he kind of gets overlooked a little bit because, like you mentioned, Durgan, he played in this era which we've had such great quarterbacks. But Drew Brees is, is one of the best by far. Yeah, and I think it's, you know, it's almost like a little bit of an Andrew Luck situation where finally that team around him is good after a couple of poor years. I think they went seven and nine, three years in yeah. a row a, a few years ago. And then finally that team started to build. They started to get an offensive line. They started to get some weapons. Uh, yeah. And, you know, now they're in trouble. I think they have like 21 pending free agents. And this was like their last push to, to get a Super Bowl with Drew Brees there. So I don't really know what the future is for New Orleans. But, um, you know, he made them competitive every year. And they were always fun to watch and uh, definitely made a huge impact on the league. Yeah, yeah. They're, and they're like, go ahead, real, go ahead. Real quick, one of those 12 5,000-yard seasons was also Saints player Jameis Winston. So, hey, hey, you never, there you, you, go. Never, you never Coach. know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Durkin, go ahead. Like you said, the, the uh, this was the Saints kind of last push. They're supposed to be like 80 million over the cap. Granted, Breeze's contract almost cuts that in half, but they're 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 kind of screwed for the future. Uh, that Taysom Hill, we're gonna try that experiment out. I think as he'll be their guy next year. And guys, also appreciate Drew Breeze and the fact that he's only six foot, if that. And now we kind of see that more often with Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. He's like six one. He was really the first short quarterback to dominate the league, which is kind of crazy. I mean, because you have Brady, Manning, yep. huge guys. Uh, John Montana, he's not skinny, but he's tall. Aaron Rodgers isn't very big, but he has maybe the greatest arm of all time outside Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes. So Drew Brees, uh, just you can't say enough good things about him. I mean, as of late, he has been. I guess in the headlines for wrong reasons per se, but I don't think any of his teammates will ever say anything too bad about him. Yeah, it was been a really, really interesting 19 season career for Drew Brees, and uh, you know I think we should all be grateful that we got to witness greatness to this degree. Uh, unfortunately, he couldn't get a few more Super Bowls along the way, but uh, you know one of the best ever do it for sure. Um, and with that, I think let's let's move into our our uh, conference championship game previews and predictions here. We got two really exciting matchups, sort of the the old regime versus the new regime at quarterback, and uh, I think these will both be really good games. So let's talk about it a little bit. We got the first game. We got the Buccaneers at the Packers in the NFC Conference Championship. Durgan, what do you think will happen in this game? You never bet against Drew, against uh, Tom Brady Drew in the Brees? playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> you do bet against Drew Brees. That's why I did last week. Won some money. But okay. never bet against uh, Tom Brady in the playoffs. Uh, you just can't do it. So I'm going to pick them 28-27. Right now, the Bucks are four-and-a-half-point underdogs, which I think is a little too high. So that would be my uh, bet of the week for all you kids listening at home over the age of 18, of course. <clears throat> uh, but they did beat the Packers in week six, 38-10. Uh, to 10. And I, while I don't think that's going to be replicated, it's going to be much closer this time. I still got to go with uh, the Buccaneers. I'm not sure about the weather, which did affect, I think, the Rams' offense a little bit. Uh, it didn't affect Aaron Rodgers at all, for damn sure. He looked incredible. But Tom Brady is so used to playing this weather, it's a like second nature for him. And the Packers' offense will be fine, but their defense has been playing better. But I don't know if they can keep this up. The Packers, on offense, obviously they have Devontae Adams. Aaron Jones playing well. Seeing a little more A.J. Dillon, which I like to see. But the Buccaneers' defense will blitz you, blitz you, and not stop blitz you until they can't no mo. My guy, Antoine Winfield Jr., came with a huge play, causing a fumble that really changed the game around 
against the Saints. I think he's going to come up with a huge play once again. Todd Bowles is a very underrated coach. And while I don't know if anybody this year can stop Aaron Rodgers, I think they'll be able to slow him down, cause an interception, cause a fumble, do something to throw him off. And in terms of the Buccaneers offense, playoff Lenny. That's the, that's the Leonard Fournette. Worst nickname in sports, but I love it. It's so, uh, so just random. So I think gonna I feed him. They're, they're gonna feed him. They're gonna feed Ronald Jones. Old school Brady dump off passes, make his guys do the work, and be a close one. Give me the Bucks. Well, segueing off of your talk about turnovers, I I think I'll say this statement and I'll say it strongly. If the Packers don't turn the ball over, they win the game. I I uh, agree. So. Uh, the way the Packers have been t- taking care of the ball recently, I think that's going to happen. The Packers put up 488 yards, 32 points, 28 first downs, and had no turnovers or sacks against the number one scoring and yardage defense in the NFL last week against the Rams. Tampa Bay is ranked fifth overall in defensive uh, DVOA, but they're also the second highest variance team in the NFL. Uh, so that means from week to week, from play to play, from drive to drive, they're incredibly inconsistent. And that's not news to us. We, we've known that. We've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very opportuni- opportunistic. They're very fast on defense. I think the colder weather, if there's snow, that also slows them down. Um, if they get turnovers like they did against the Saints, they're going to blow the Packers out. Uh, but uh, in that same vein, the Bucks' offense did not play very well against the Saints. They had three short fields. All their their touchdowns, those three touchdowns, came off of uh, the interceptions and fumbles. Um, and there's no denying that the Bucks are, are talented, and the issue is that it's never manifested consistently. Antonio Brown got hurt, didn't play very much. Mike Evans had one catch in the game. He was like a goal line tight end, essentially. Um, Ronald Jones is nursing a quad injury. You saw him pull up uh, at some point during the game. He, he went back in, but... Clearly, he can't open up all the way. Chris Godwin has a case of the dropsies. Um, and, you know, overall, that offense just looked kind of anemic against the Saints. The Saints have a very good defense, but the Bucks put up 316 total yards, uh, and they were gifted those short fields. Without those turnovers, uh, the Bucks aren't in the in the conference championship because uh, the, the Saints really kind of controlled that game up until, you know, like the third or fourth turnover. Um, and considering how close that game was, even with four turnovers, uh, I don't think the Bucks really have a consistent offense that I trust to beat the MVP of the league and the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And uh, I, I've never really trusted the, the, the Bucks offense, and I'm going to stick with it. You know, uh, the Packers offensive line is playing well. Their defense is playing better. Um, their defense actually hasn't given up over 18 points in over a month now. So there's going to be fans in the stands at Lambeau. Uh, it's time for Rodgers to punch his ticket to the, his second Super Bowl ever, and I'm going to take the Packers 37-28. to 28. I like it, Casey. I like the passion behind your voice in this pick. There you go. Um, but I agree with you totally, and and you put brought up a lot of points. You know, I think the Packers' defense is massively under-respected, disrespected almost, where people don't realize how elite they are everywhere except maybe the linebacker position. I think you guys had an injury at linebacker too. Um, yeah. But in general, this team is well-balanced, and a lot of people just have eyes for Aaron Rodgers. But all over the field, I mean, this is going to be one of the most fun matchups, I think, of the entire playoffs, even potentially more so than the Super Bowl. Both these teams love to throw the ball deep, so we'll see kind of 
that comes back to turnovers. You know, if the Packers can pick off Brady one time even, and, you know, Rodgers plays the way he did against the number one defense in the Rams, who didn't even have a turnover, I don't think, then you're going to see a tough time for the Bucks if they, if they want to win this game. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but, you know, during the regular season, we, we can take a look at the numbers here. Rodgers hit on 32 deep completions, and that's a pass thrown 20-plus yards down the field. That's fourth most in the NFL. Um, but he had 1,242 yards and 12 touchdowns on those deep passes, which is number one by a large margin in the NFL. So then you look on the other hand here. Brady, 36 completions. And he was second right behind Rodgers with 1,233 yards and 11 touchdowns. So you're going to see some deep balls. You're going to see a lot of action in this game. I'm excited for this one. I don't have a, a dog in this fight. But if you like football, this is the game to watch, I think, this weekend for sure. Um, but I got to go with the Packers. You know, you don't demolish the number one defense by accident. You don't embarrass the Rams with Aaron Donald being stalwarted by this offensive line that played phenomenally. The, the Packers won textbook through the trenches they won on both sides they got a lot of penetration on defense and they stopped the number one x factor in aaron donald and they won that game as a result aaron Rodgers is going to do what aaron Rodgers does but you got to stop the other things that are going to prevent him from doing that so i i like the packers i think they have a ton of momentum coming into this game you know you got to feel stoked putting up 400 plus yards and 30 points against the number one defense and you, you almost have this feeling of unstoppable kind of momentum in this locker room and I, I think they're I think they're gonna I think they're gonna do well I, I think it could be close but I think this is gonna be a very fun matchup and I got the Packers I'm gonna say 33 bucks 30 in a barn burner who brought that back hey. I know we haven't we haven't mentioned that in a little while no, that's true. Uh, but this will be a really fun matchup uh, I will be glued to my television throughout it and just for a little fun fact a little Brady fun fact NFC Championship appearances since 1997. Dallas Cowboys, zero. Tom Brady, one. How many Oof. years has Tom Brady been in the NFC? <laughs> one. <laughs> Boom. That's all I got. Let's uh, move on to the I next. Lo- I love it. I love you it, want, yeah. It's a great stat, right? It's, it's pretty, Any love chance it. pretty fun. To, Any to chance poop on the Cowboys. To, yeah. yeah, you got to do it. You know? They deserve you gotta, it. You got to take them where you can get them. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited for this matchup. And, you know, we are, we are blessed like, just think about this. Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. We just had Tom Brady versus yep. Drew Brees. Drew Brees didn't really play well. But still, like, the matchups we're getting in these playoffs are really, really fun, really, really good, and two of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game are matching up this weekend. And on the flip side, if we move to the AFC here, we've got the Bills at Chiefs, two of the best young quarterbacks that are playing the game right now. Let's talk about this one. Durgan, what do you think shakes out with this? This is going to be a good one, too. Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Stewart, Patrick Starr. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback for the Chiefs. Bills Mafia (laughs) all the way. Bills Mafia, this is their time. The Chiefs, I will stand by this, they should have lost against the Browns. That bullshitting should have been helmet to helmet. That fumble out of the end zone. Which, by the way, everyone hates that rule, the fumble out of the end zone for a touchback. Everyone has hated it on Twitter. I didn't understand that everyone hated that rule so much. I mean, it's been a rule forever. It's not like they just changed the rule. It's been like this forever. And the reason yeah. why Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel have a rule that you don't stick the ball out, don't do it. It's not worth it. So, dies uh, a point. I-, I think that this year is really the Bills' year, and, and the Chiefs have begun a lot of bounces their direction. Because the Falcons, young Hoku missed that easy field goal that would have lost them that game. Could change this playoff seating around a little bit. Um, like this game, the touchback that totally changed the game uh, for the Browns. So the Chiefs aren't as invincible as they may seem. 
and Patrick Mahomes in concussion protocol, even though it seems he doesn't have a concussion. That I'm not a doctor, but it seems like he will be cleared in time. It was more of a neck injury, it seems like, which I've watched enough UFC fights to know that you can have wobbly legs despite not getting a concussion. But once again, not a doctor. Don't know that whole spot, but he will play. I'll be shocked if he doesn't. But I think the Bills are the more complete team. Their defense played very well against the Ravens. Yeah, they got lucky that Justin Tucker, one of the greatest kickers in NFL history, missed two field goals. But they shut down Lamar Jackson in that running game, which is very tough to do before even he got hurt. So props to them, props to their defense, which has always had the talent and the coaching. They've never put it all together. They finally are. Offense didn't look too great, but their air attack, I think, will shred the Chiefs, who don't have necessarily the best back seven. Yeah, they have Tyron Matthew, great player. Sneed, their rookie corner, who's playing very well. But they don't have enough guys to consistently guard three and four players every single time. It'll be a close one. Give me 34-27 Bills. Yeah, sort of like what you were just touching on. For the amount of fanfare that these offenses are going to get, both the defenses have been playing very well recently. Buffalo's ranked 8th by DVOA in in weighted DVOA, so that's taking into account recent games and how things have gone recently. And and the Chiefs slowed down that offense to basically a crawl. You know, I I did not think the Browns were only going to score 17 points in that game, even though... You know, maybe it should have been 24 with that uh, the the helmet the helmet hit and the fumble out of bounds out of the end zone. Um, but obviously, the big question is whether Patrick Mahomes is, is going to play. Either way, I'm going to ride with the Bills as well. Uh, I, I do think they're they're a more complete team. They've got a little bit more mojo going. Um, you could sort of see the tension and the nervousness and the fear in the Kansas City Chiefs as soon as Patrick Mahomes went out, and that's you know, normal for your star quarterback to go out. But I think all of a sudden they realize like, oh, we're kind of vulnerable. And props to their defense for for stepping up and getting a few stops. Um, but uh, the Bills receiving core is just as deep as the Chiefs. Uh, Josh Allen, I think, is playing as good, if not better, than Patrick Mahomes right now. Um, and their defense is going to be key in this game. Uh, if they can do a little bit uh, similar things to what the Browns did and, and hold the Chiefs to field goals and make them dink and dunk down the field, I think that's their their recipe for, for success. Uh, Kansas City's offense is obviously very explosive, but they do want to push that ball and take those deep shots and give you those, those back-breaking plays. Uh, and at a consequence to that, sometimes they leave the stuff that's open underneath, and, and so they can struggle to string together longer drives. Um, so, you know, is that an easier task to say than it is to do? Absolutely. Uh, but I, I trust this Bills defense to come up with some critical stops and get them to the Super Bowl. So two things. I just want to address points that both of you mentioned. The Bills did not stop the Ravens on the ground. They still had 150 yards rushing. They did that, dominate. That's they did lot, not though. stop their rushing attack. That's way below their season average. Yeah, for it Ravens, way below their season average, but it's still quite a bit. And I don't think... Listen, we can look back to the last matchup. I know you mentioned that the, the uh, Chiefs are going to want to do it through the air, lots of long plays, all that jazz. But if we look at their last matchup, the Chiefs had 245 rushing yards against the Bills. They adapted. They switched things. Andy Reid's, you know, this, is, this ain't his first rodeo. He's been, he's been around. He knows what to do to win games. And I think, I, you know, like you said, it's hard to, it's hard to choose here 
without knowing if Mahomes will play because Mahomes is more integral to this Chiefs team than any player probably is to any team, I think, throughout the league. Maybe you could make the case that Aaron Rodgers to the Packers is also. Um, I would actually disagree with that. Not to cut off your train of thought, but with the weapons that the Chiefs have, I think you can almost plug and put in the, the Chiefs are least susceptible to an injury there. Well, we saw Chad, Mr. Anything is Possible, come in <laughs> and not really, I mean, he did okay, but... I, I thought it was a huge drop-off just watching that, regardless of how well, fast of your receivers are. Of course. So, But with the weapons you have, it's not like all of a sudden you're going to have to make, you know, the quarterback that comes in is set up for success versus, you know, uh, other teams where, you know, you need that excellent play to move the ball as much. John, get back yeah. to your thought. Get back Here, to your thought. Here's what I'll say. Here, here's the, the only sort of rebuttal to that. The, the disparity between any backup and Mahomes is much larger than the disparity between any backup and the average quarterback in the NFL. Yes, yeah, sure. So that's kind of the point I'm making, right? Where you rely on this guy to win you games, Mahomes, more so than scheme, more so than a lot of other things. And and to me, that's Aaron Rodgers-esque in a sense, like when you watch him kind of take it sure. over and make everybody around him better, right? Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So that's kind of the only point I was making. But I think the Chiefs are more well-rounded than the Bills. I think, honestly, I look at the Bills, and I think on offense, they're extremely one-dimensional i mean they have an amazing passing attack but their their run game is one of the worst like that i've seen devin singletary is very average um zach moss is out he's he's hurt i'm not really sure that they have what it takes to kind of own that time of possession possession and maintain a lead they're going to give the chiefs in my opinion too many opportunities to score the ball even if they are scoring themselves even if the bills are scoring um, I don't know that I don't know that the Bills are well-rounded enough to win against a team like the Chiefs. The Chiefs, like I mentioned, the last matchup we look at it, 245 yards on the ground. That's very uncharacteristic for them, but they can do it. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire will probably come back this week potentially. So I'm not sure, man. I think uh, I think ultimately Mahomes and company, you know, if they're healthy, even though the Bills are very healthy, probably the healthiest they've ever been. I think if Mahomes, Edwards-Alaire, and this team can kind of control the time of possession and, and do what they did earlier in the season, they'll win. Will it be tough? Yes. I think it'll be one of the toughest matchups they've had, but I'm not going to bet against Andy Reid and the Chiefs at this point. I think they know what it takes to win, and I'm going to say Chiefs 30, Bills 20. Any rebuttals? I know I know that's controversial <laughs> for Bills Mafia on the other side of this, you guys I... <laughs> jumping through tables together and all that jazz. Logic agrees with you. I will say that because, I mean, the Chiefs are the best team in the league. But, you know, any given Sunday, and it's Bill's time, baby. I, I, I'm picking up I want to jump through a table. That, that's oh, okay. That, that's, okay. That's, that's why I'm doing it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't, the only rebuttal I have is that the, the Bill's defense is playing better right now. And uh, if they held the, the Ravens to 150 yards, then, you know, holding the Chiefs to less than that should be no problem. Granted, they were probably loading up on, on the run for, for the Ravens, and Lamar threw like 100 yards passing or something like that. So uh, if you look at the total offense, they, they performed very well. And I mean, the Ravens scored three points. Like, that's that's as good as you I don't disagree that do. they dominated the game. I, I think the Bills absolutely embarrassed the Ravens. I'm with you on that. But the Chiefs are not the Ravens, especially on offense. No, they're not. But yeah. I'm using that as an illustration of 
their defense having made steps towards being a difference maker, whereas earlier in the season they were very average and almost a liability at times. And I think they've rounded the corner and are starting to play a lot better. Trey White is playing a lot better. Micah Hyde's making some plays. Poyer is making some plays. Um, so I, 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 I think the Chiefs aren't ha- going to have as easy a time moving the ball as as people may think. I don't. I don't even think it will be easy at all. I think it'll be the hardest matchup they have. They have had this season potentially even. Um, sure. But you know, there's a reason the Ravens were sort of a fringe playoff team and the Chiefs were 15 and one. And you know, it's not because we can compare those apples to apples and say the Bills shut down the Ravens, so they're going to do the same thing to the Chiefs. I don't. I don't see it happening that way. I think the Chiefs still have a lot of success on offense. And I think we see the run game be a surprise factor um, against this Bills defense, who is playing better, but historically this season has not been a great run defense. So I don't know. That's that's my take on it. I'm excited for these matchups. I hope yep. you guys are too. Oh, cool. um, we can wrap things up there unless you have any final thoughts or, or rebuttals to my rebuttals. And <laughs> <laughs> no, I my rebuttals I rest. I rest. Rest your the, case. The defense rests. The yes. defense rests rest his case. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you guys so much for sticking with us uh, for our predictions and previews, NFL news, all that jazz. We're really excited for football this weekend. Should be some, some really good matchups. Casey will be on the edge of his seat um, for this Packers matchup, and I'm excited to text him as things happen and probably not get a response because he'll be too engaged, <laughs> but that's totally fine. Um, we'll be live tweeting these games as well, so make sure you're following us on Twitter at Weekly Spiral. We'll be We'll be uh, consistently covering and, and giving you our thoughts and hot takes, and I'm sure you won't want to miss what Durgan has to say about Bill's Mafia and his prospects of jumping through a table. <laughs> so look out for that. That'll be exciting. Uh, check out our website, weeklysprawl.com. Tons of stuff coming up there, and I'd like to give my co-hosts here a chance to plug some of the things that you can look out for on that site. Casey, anything you want to let the listeners know about? Yes, there's an article out right now about the Chiefs' use of a passing game concept called Y-Cross. And that's the the same concept that Tony Romo was talking about during the broadcast with Tyreek Hill. Uh, they run it with uh, Travis Kelsey as well. So if you want a little bit more in-depth analysis on how that works and how that scheme is designed, you can go to weeklyspiral.com and find that. And then uh, later this week, I'll have a video breakdown on how the Packers uh, offense got things done against that Rams number one defense and what strategies they used. So you can check that on the YouTube channel or find the article on our website. Awesome. Looking forward to both of those. Durgan, what do you got, man? Yes, a two scouting reports coming out this Wednesday. Kyle Pitts and Kyle Trask, both from the University of Florida. And then next week, we will begin Senior Bowl coverage. We got a virtual credential, which is very cool. What it entails, don't entirely know yet because it is so <laughs> new for us. And also the whole idea of a virtual credential for them as well. So we're waiting to hear back more about what kind of coverage we'll get but hopefully get some uh, practice tape uh, some interviews some players be really cool so we'll we'll at worst have a live blog updating everyday practice what's happening so keep an eye out for that don't know when that will be coming out but it'll be sometime next week obviously awesome excited for that and yeah draft season is soon we'll be covering that here on the weekly spiral as well um but you know this has been a weekly spiral production bringing you fresh football every week as per usual thank you for sticking with us for episode 74 we hope whatever else you get up to it is awesome and we'll catch you next week for episode 75